1: Welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host Shane Grove. Um uh, Jason the super producer is doing some super producing tonight, so he couldn't uh, he couldn't join me on the show. Um he'll be back soon though. Um I, before we bring our uh, our guest on, I just want to remind everybody that uh, you know, if you want to get a hold of us, if you got a story, if you got something you want to share, you can find us on Facebook at From the Shadows podcast you can find us at our forum page at after the shadows you can find me at shane grove author on instagram you can find us at from the shadows podcast on instagram or just go to our website from the shadows hit the contact page send me an email um i will read them in fact as i was talking to our you know our pre-game with our the guest I'm going to bring on. I got an email that I definitely, I want to share with everybody. Um, And it's about our Halloween episode that hopefully everybody got a chance to listen to. But we talked to, it's called, I think it's a haunting in Nashville, the Halloween episode, where we talked to our good friend, Lauren, uh, Lauren Snap. And here's, I'm just going to read Read this, read this uh, email. It says, in your most recent podcast, Haunting in Nashville Halloween episode, there's a point where everyone is laughing and saying, wouldn't it be funny if Lucy actually showed up? Literally in the midst of all the joking and laughing about the, this what if scenario, you can clearly hear a woman's voice saying, hi, hello, are you there? Gave me the creeps. Andrew, who wrote this, says the exact time, according to Apple podcast app, is at 4903. He says, thank you and have a blessed day. So that gave me the creeps because (laughs) because, uh, when we were done recording that episode, which unless you're a Patreon, I put up the clip of all of us discussing the episode and what was going on while we were recording it. And I threw it out there like, hey, did you guys hear that whispering in the show? And we we all knew the judge and Jason and I were all at the table. We saw each other. We knew it wasn't us because the judge was telling his story that he was sharing. Lauren thought it was us. We thought it was Lauren. It wasn't any of us. So there and I have heard I went back and heard that whispering. I it is at a different point. In which Andrew just emailed us about. So I don't know anybody else here something. I didn't hear the hi, hello, but I'm going to go back and check it out. Um, so it seems like maybe on our Halloween episode, we actually caught some, some friendly fire from somebody from the other side. So, uh, so yeah, go check that episode out if you have it and see if you agree with Andrew and heard something because, uh, Holy smokes. It's always great. So hopefully, hopefully we're not talking about ghosts on this episode, Um, but I don't know. Maybe we'll get a, uh, maybe we'll get a Bigfoot howl somewhere under, (laughs) underneath us talking. (laughs) So uh, I want to bring on uh, our guest from um, Rock Hill Bigfoot. And Rock Hill is a great town in South Carolina, for those of you guys that don't know, but uh, it's a one-man operation, Rock Hill Bigfoot Terry. Welcome to the From the Shadows podcast.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure to be here tonight. I'm happy to happy to be here and share this with you and your
1: your listeners. Well, I'm glad I, I'm glad that uh, we could finally make this work. I know we've messaged back and forth for quite a while, and now you're not all freaked out now that I just brought up the whole like maybe there was a ghost talking on the last episode. No, I'm good. I'm good. That's <laughs> um, so I just, I, you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to share that. And I just thought I need to share that with everybody, everybody go back and, and take a listen and see if they can uh, hear anything for themselves. But thankfully we're all inside. You and I are both inside. We're, we're going to talk some Bigfoot, uh, And like I said, if we get really lucky, maybe you'll hear a hear wood knock or something while you're, while we're talking. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so so terry i i some of our loyal listeners know i have a daughter that lives in rock hill i've been to rock hill great town but it's not exactly a place where i would have just thought man there has to be some big footers here you know and and when you kind of you know we kind of started talking it really piqued my interest of what is going on down there that maybe, you know, the next time I go for a visit to see the grandkids, that uh, maybe we could take them out squatching? So, what's going on down there?
2: Well, actually, you know, uh, one of the things I've learned, I've been doing this since I was, oh gosh, actually, I've been interested in it since I was about seven or eight, but uh, I've been doing this what I call officially uh, when I actually went out the first time with some people who knew what they were doing. <laughs> Um, since about 2010 or so, um, and one of the things I've learned is that Bigfoot goes wherever Bigfoot wants to go. Um, and it's frankly surprising how little cover they need to move around, uh, mainly because we human beings just don't pay attention to a lot of things. Um, there was actually one incident, uh, back when I was about 15. Here in Rock Hill, it was in a little town not far from here called Fort Mill. Um, it was reported in the local paper and it had a fellow who had a, uh, a garden out in the back of his house. And where he lived at the time was was in a very rural area. It's all built up now, so it's it's all, the woods are gone there. But he kept having something that, not not chewing his greens off of uh, the plants, but it looked like they were being picked and that went on for several nights and he had some dogs and he left the dogs out one night to see if they could catch what was going on because he thought it was kind of critter um he heard all this screaming and howling apparently according to the report uh the dogs went tearing off into the brush and apparently came flying back over the the shrubs and brush like something had thrown them and went running inside and he heard all this commotion and he went inside and locked the door uh, and called the police, and they came out the next morning and found a couple of tracks out in his garden. Um, I uh, I was a 15-year-old kid, and I didn't know any better. I couldn't even drive at the time, so um, I talked to a buddy of mine in who had a driver's license into taking me over, and I actually went and talked to the guy, and he was telling me the story, and you know, he didn't know me from Adam, but he was, you could tell. Even at that early age, I could tell there's something going on. This guy's not making this up. He's legitimately scared because, again, he was kind of out in the country where he was at. And the thought of having something that could throw his dogs over the brush pile, the the, uh, hedge, didn't sit real well with him. Um, We also had not long ago... About a month or so ago, a little over a month, I guess, a report of a gentleman. He was a power line inspector. He was walking the power line cut for uh, the nuclear plant that we have here. And he was out in, it's kind of a remote area. Um, he heard what he took to be some wood knots, and that kind of stopped him. He was, he's a hunter, and uh, I, I didn't get to talk to the guy, but I was just, this was from the report that was filed on it. Um, he got a little, little uneasy feeling, and kind of went on down the, you know, down the path, and did his job. Came back, and he he thought he heard some kind of a vocalization, but he couldn't tell. It was off in the distance, and on his way back, he um, happened upon what he described as what could have been a bedding area that uh, was back right off, uh, right off where the clear cut had been for the power lines and into the brush just a little bit. And again, the guy was a hunter. So he, you know, he said, could have been a deer. We have tons of deer around here. But he said, it just it just felt really weird with everything else that was going on. And fortunately, I didn't get a chance to go out there. Uh, the you know, power lines are, um, that would have been trespassing. And uh, that's just not something I'm gonna, I'm uh, gonna do right now. <laughs> um, um, but um, where's
1: your sense of adventure? I mean, well, you, you know, you Bigfoot, Bigfoot doesn't scare you, but the law does. I mean, come on.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know, I, I kind of know what Bigfoot's going to do these days. I don't know what the law is going to do. <laughs> uh, so, no, I should, and, and actually I shouldn't say that I'm still learning what Bigfoot does. I have no clue. Um, I'm just, every time I go out, I realize how little I know I, I learned something else.
1: Well, when, so, So you go talk to the guy when you're 15. So obviously Mm -hmm. that hooks you like, you know, something's going on. How did it progress from there? I tell
2: you what, let me back up even further than that um, and tell you where it all started. I grew up spending a lot of my summers on my grandmother's farm, upstate South Carolina. And it was a family farm that had been in our family for generations. It was probably about 2000 acres. And I mean, there holy smokes! 2000 okay. aunts and uncles and cousins that all lived there. Um, you know, this was this was truly a generational farm. Um, and as a seven or eight year old kid who loved the woods, this was Disneyland for me. Because once I got my chores done, man, I could go, I could go roam. those were back in the days when you could do that. Um, you know, nowadays I'm I'm not sure that would be wise for seven or eight year old kids to do because times are different. But, um, on this property, there were, um, let's see three street, three, three springs, a couple of streams, two lakes. Uh, it's adjacent to a major river in South Carolina. There's woodland, there's old growth farmland. There was, um, timber farming pine, you know, uh, pine trees, there was cultivated land, um, you know, any vegetable you could think of. There was livestock from cows to, down to you know, chickens and whatever. So, you know, it was also apparently a Bigfoot Disneyland. Um, I was out walking down. There was a logging road that was cut from what what we called the home house, which is where my grandmother and uh, my, my mother and um, all my aunts and uncles grew up. It's you know, at this point, it'd be like almost a two hundred year old farmhouse. Um, and there was a logging road that, or a, a road that went down into the uh, into the woods, a little ways where um, my aunts and uncles and cousins could all get to different barns where they stored equipment, and also get in to access the uh, the pine trees that they did for pulpwood. So uh, I just decided one day I'm going to go down. My tours are done. I'm going to go take a walk. It's a warm summer day. Uh, I'm going to go down to the spring. Uh, I'm going to take a sandwich with me. And so I said, "Mom, can I go?" And of course, you get the well. Be back an hour before the sun goes down because we have to come looking for you. You're not going to like it. Yes, ma'am. I will be back. So I start off down this road. Now I've been down this road. I don't know how many times. And I come up on there were some some old-growth trees, but there were also some new-growth trees that were in there. I walk up
0: on this pine tree
2: that had been snapped off about six feet up. And it was probably the size of your arm, I mean, it wasn't a huge one, but it was more than I could snap off, it's basically six feet up. And I thought, huh, that's odd, uh, there hadn't really been a storm or anything in here. None of the other trees are broken, but yeah, you know, trees break sometimes in the woods, that happens. So I kept on going, and I, let, me, let me preface this a little bit by saying every time I would go in the woods, um, I would get this feeling that somebody was watching me. It wasn't a creepy feeling like something's going to hurt me, but it was just like a feeling that if I turned around quick enough behind me, I'd see somebody duck behind a tree or duck down behind a, a hill or something. And I just kind of got used to it. Well, I had that feeling today. So I'm walking along down the down this road, and I come up on another pine tree that's snapped off the same way. And I thought, okay, this is really weird. I'm not really sure what to make of this, but okay, I'm gonna keep going. I went down a little further. And now I'm getting into the woods, um, and I come up on a third pine tree that is pulled up by the roots, snapped off, and stuck in the ground upside down with the root ball on. It. At that point, I'm looking at this going, okay, something's not right here. Matter of fact, I'm feeling really creeped out. I'm not going to the spring today. Um, I'm going to go back to – I'm just going to go home. Uh, so I turned around and went home, and that's a rule that we follow today. Anybody that I go out with or that, that goes out in the woods that I hang out with, we have a, a standing rule. If anybody at any point says, okay, I'm getting creeped out, we, we need to leave we leave. No, no explanations needed. Just that little voice in the back of your head that, that talks to you is there to keep you out of trouble. And if you don't listen to it, then you could get, you know, something could, could come up that you don't really want to deal with. So we always listen to that little voice. So if anybody says, I, I don't, I don't think we need to be here. I'm still really odd. We just leave. So, um, I went back to the house and didn't really, ha- back then there was no internet. We have these things called books that you had to buy them and read them and stuff Go to the library. Uh, and- that sounds made up, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, it's, <laughs> it's a conspiracy thing. Um, but um, there weren't really a lot of books on Bigfoot at that. Time. And so I really didn't have a framework to know what was going on. Um, and then about 1972, wonderful movie called The Legend of Boggy Creek came out, and I went and saw it, and I knew exactly what was going on, and it took me two years to work up the courage to go back in the woods after seeing that movie. Um, So that's kind of where I started, and I've just, I've had an interest in it all my life because there's something there. I just don't know what it is, and that's my whole goal with all of this. I just want to know what's going on. I I don't, I used to shoot video and and photography and stuff when I was out. And it's gotten to the point now where I really don't even care about that. I I just want to know, you know, I don't need to be the guy on the cover of time shaking hands with Mr. Bigfoot that's discovered Bigfoot. I just want to know what's going on. I want to know what's out there. And so that's kind of what keeps me going. Um, I got to about 2010 or so. And at that point, I was, you know, I was grown up. And, well, if you can consider me somebody who's sixty years old who walks around the woods looking big, grown up. Um, Absolutely, um, yeah, Absolutely. I, I decided that I, if I was going to go forward with this, I really probably needed to hook up with some folks who had a little more experience than I did in the woods. Even though I, you know, I grew up camping and fishing and everything in the woods, but this was a little different. So. I searched around a little bit, finally found these two guys that were out of North Carolina uh, up in the Uwari Mountains, which is predominantly where I go today, um, and one of them came over to my house, and we kind of sat and talked, and both of us decided that the other one was not a crazed axe murderer or anything, so we were okay going out in the woods, and they took me out in the Uwari, and my very, very first, what I call official Bigfoot outing had a rock thrown into camp, and we recovered the rock. And I still have that rock on my desk to this day. That's that's crazy. It's a <laughs> it's a it,
1: constant it's, re- it's a constant reminder of how of what could really
2: happen out there, huh? Yeah, and and they weren't throwing the rock at us. Um, I truly think if they wanted to hit us, they could bean us like a major league baseball player throwing a basketball anytime they wanted to. I think they do it just because they want to see what they do. Or or because it, maybe it's, you know, I get the feeling the more I do this, um, you kind of get the idea it's um the young kids, the teenagers that are out there going, okay, 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 all right, Bob. All right. You see this see that guy in the hat? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna chuck a rock at him. Let's see what let's see what he does. Okay, wait. Oh, oh man, look at them. Oh, they're 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 going crazy now. They're they're looking around. Okay, all right, Bob, you go over by this bush. And, and you start shaking it really hard. And when you do, I'm going to yell. Let's see what they do. Oh, man, look at them. They're just they're running back to their cars now. So I think they do it kind of as a as a, a goof on us, to be honest. Um, and I think the, the people that don't freak out are the ones that they really get curious about and go, hmm, these guys are different. Let's get a little closer. So uh, that has sort of paid off for me in the past. Just an interesting, again, everybody does things differently. It's just something that's kind of what I've developed.
1: So what, um, so, so you start going, so you guys decide you're not an ax murderers, right? go out And the first time, you don't (laughs) be the woods with an ax murderer. (laughs) And, uh, so the, uh, so then what? So you guys, I mean, the first time you go out, you get a rock thrown at you.
2: How does, was, it, pro- how does it progress? I was absolutely hooked. Um, and I learned that, that first outing, I learned a whole lot because all I had ever seen was the TV shows where they go out, stomping around the woods in the middle of the dark. And they're doing call blasting or they're doing all this other stuff. And here we are just sitting in camp. And, and that was what we did. Matter of fact, I, I even asked one of the guys at one point, you know, it got to be like 1130 or 12 at night. And I said, so when do we start? And he said, we already have. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? We're not going out in the middle of the woods. I said, no. you'll step in a gopher hole and break your knee out there. Just sit here. If they're around, they'll, they'll come to you. Um, and that's kind of what's worked for me so far. Um, I've kind of progressed from that. Um, I've, I've gone to different places um, in North Carolina, uh, been in Georgia, actually had one uh, in the deep dark woods of northern Georgia, had one walk up behind my tent and poke me in the shoulder while I was in my tent. That was pretty interesting. Uh, <laughs> no, wait a second. <laughs> so, so you're in the tent sleeping? I am laying there. Um actually there's a little more to the story than that, and I'll be glad to share that with you. Um yeah, I have I'm a sure. very have yeah. A, yeah, because not everybody gets poked in the shoulder. No. Dick. No. Um I, I have a very good friend who is Native American that I've hung out with who at one point was considered a little bit woo. And if you if your listeners aren't familiar with the term woo. It actually started as a derogatory term for Bigfoot research people. Um, they were the ones that would go out and play drums and sit around the fire and do, do ceremonies and stuff and play the flute. Um, it was, so it was kind of a derogatory term at first. But a lot of the things that the woo folks were saying, we've actually discovered there's something to it. So they're actually starting to become more mainstream now. Uh, but I've known this woman for a long, long time. She's a very good friend of mine. I trust her very well. Um, This was one of her camp outs, and I just went down, and we're hanging out. We were sitting by the fire. Um, We were at a campground, but the only reason it was a campground is because it had a fire pit. You You basically had to drive through a switchback road Um, in a holler in Georgia, which if if your listeners aren't familiar with the term holler, that's basically a a valley in between two ridges. Um, You had to drive down this switchback road to get to the first crossing point to get to this place. You had to drive your vehicle across one stream just to get to the parking area. And then you park your vehicle and you walk across another stream over a footbridge packing in your stuff. So it was, it's kind of remote. So anyway, um, one of the things I do a lot of times is when I go out camping, I always take a trash bag with me and pick up litter because unfortunately, there's getting to be litter everywhere you go. And so I just kind of clean it up a little bit and take out, you know, take out whatever's there that I didn't bring in. And so I was walking around. I had set my tent up back kind of the furthest away from everybody, which is something I kind of do because in a lot of circles they call that bait, but I'm okay with that because if something's going to happen, I want to be there. So um, I'm walking around and I'm picking up trash, and my friend comes with me. She's kind of helping me, and we're talking and we're walking around and we get to this. Area where there's a probably about 25 yards behind my tent. There's a huge old growth tree that has fallen over. It's just rotten, and I mean this thing is oh it's massive. And then probably another 20 feet behind that is what I'm going to call the woods, where if you step three steps into this area, this little curtain, you're gone. You you nobody you can stand there all day and nobody will see you. Um, and so we're just walking around picking up trash. We go back. Um, go through the day, uh, have our evening meal. People sitting around the campfire. They're kind of straggling off, onesie twosie, because it's getting late. Maybe about four of us sitting around, and I've known this lady long enough. She has um, certain things that she says that are clues. You pay attention, to. and I hear her say, "I think I'm going to take a walk," and I've I've been around her long enough to know. That means we might have company. So I just said, um, mind if I go with you? Said, no, come on, let's go. So now it's dark. At this point, it is dark. I mean, it's like the only dark you get in the North Georgia woods. Um, you can see white blacks. You can see dark blacks. You can see a little bit of gray, and that's it. Well, she takes off walking like she's got built-in um, night vision. And I'm straggling along behind her, trying to keep from stepping into something, a hole or tripping over a root or something. And I'm not really paying attention where we're going. I'm just trying to keep up with her. Then it dawns on me, he's headed back behind my tent, she headed right to that area we were picking up trash in. And she gets to the big fallen tree and we're standing probably about 10 feet in front of that. Stops and he says, coming. Wait, they're coming and I'm thinking, says oh they're here they're here oh my gosh look at they're right there oh there's three of them there's a big huge male and and there's this there's a uh a younger one oh and there's a little girl oh aren't you cute aren't you sweet look at you look at you and i'm standing there beside her thinking okay it's dark and i don't see what and what the heck is going on here um, and again, I know this woman pretty well. I've been around her long enough to know that she's straight up. And so I'm thinking, I'm not seeing anything really odd. So I just lean over to her and say, I um, "Can't really see anything. Can't see him like you can." Look back, at her, leans back over towards me and says, "What's well, because you're not supposed to yet?" Now at that point, I almost had to make the Scooby-Doo noise because <laughs> my head is really spinning uh, i'm thinking oh okay now she's just carrying on a conversation you know oh look at you guys okay and she's standing there doing that and talking i'm thinking this is nuts. i'm losing my mind um and i said okay um can i talk to him and she said sure go ahead introduce yourself i'm thinking well oh, probably just gonna be me talking to the dark but here we go so okay um, hi guys my name's Terry uh, I don't mean any harm to you guys or your family or anything. I'm just really curious about learning about you and what you are and how you live and all that kind of stuff and I can't really see you like my friend can but just wanted to say hi and let you know and uh, so okay and you know again I'm standing here going, Okay, I, I'm losing my mind. Um, so she starts talking to him again. after a few more minutes, she saw oh, they're leaving. They're leaving. Okay. Oh, you be careful. I can see you guys. Be careful. Thank you. Thank you. Be careful. Okay, they're gone. And then she turns around and starts heading back to to the fire, thinking, All right, I don't really know what happened here. Um, I need to go lay down because I'm just like, I I don't know. Um so we got got back to, you know, we came back to my tent, and I said, you know, if you don't mind, um, I'm just going to kind of lay down. It's late. I'm, it's it's kind of tired. It was a long drive getting through the day. Uh, I'll catch up with you in the morning. so said, oh, that's fine. No problem. So I climb in my tent, and I'm laying there, and I, I have one of these little backpacking tents, just, you know, just barely big enough for me and sleeping bag and a foam pad. So I'm sleeping, I sleep on my side and I'm laying there with my back to the back of the tent that's facing where I, we just came from. And I'm laying in the tent thinking, I have lost my mind. I don't know what's going on. This is just I this is too much. I don't
0: know what to think of this. And I hear behind my tent. <clears throat> <clears throat> it's getting louder.
2: And I'm just laying there like, this is not happening. I'm losing my mind. There is a Bigfoot walking up behind my tent. Um, the only way I can explain the, the sound is if Andre the Giant had been there and had strapped cinder blocks onto his feet. That would have come close to what I was hearing. And it walked right up to the back of my tent and stopped. So I'm laying there like, oh, dog, okay, now what's going to happen? There's a big foot standing outside, my head. lost my mind. Um, now, you hear people talk about, oh, I was kind of dozing in and out, and it might have been a dream. And, no, sir. I was as wide awake then as I am right now talking to you. Um, so I'm laying there like I'm starting to freak out, and your brain Your brain goes into kind of shutdown mode where it's trying to protect you from from freaking out and panicking. So it's trying to come up with anything it could be except what you are pretty sure it really is because what you're pretty sure it really is isn't supposed to exist. But it's standing outside my tent, and I hear it going, (sighs) like, what am I going to do with this one? So I'm in my tent now going, oh, my gosh. What's going to happen? He's going to like wrap me up, carry me off in my tent. I'm never going to be heard from again. He's going to come in here and eat my face off. What's he going to do? What am I going to do? And at that point, it hit me. Terry, there's really nothing you can do. Um, If he's going to do that, he's going to do that. But he's not. I'm just laying there, and it dawns on me he's not doing anything. He's not hurting me. And about that time, I feel through the back wall of my tent, kind of like a whoop in the shoulder. Um, it was a finger. You could feel the nail on the end of it. It was about the size of two of my fingers. And I mean, it was not a not a coyote or a dog's nose. It was not a stick. It was a finger. And I'm laying there like, oh my gosh. Bigfoot's poking me in the shoulder. Wait a minute. Bigfoot's poking me in the shoulder. He's not hurting me. This is so cool. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to tell people about this. And at that point, the finger goes back out. And I never hear him leave. He's just gone. To this day, I cannot explain that. There was no walking off. He was just gone. And I went to sleep. Had a great night's sleep. Came tearing out of my tent the next morning. There were people sitting around the fire. Like, you guys aren't gonna believe what happened to me. I got poked in the shoulder. Come tell us about it. I said, No, no, no. I got to walk around behind my tent see if I can find any tracks or anything or you know, I got to go look. Uh, Unfortunately, where we were in Georgia, we were on hard packed clay and it was covered with pine needles. So there was really nothing that I could see uh, to to indicate that anything had walked up there. Uh, so I, I had no pictures, no nothing. Uh, but that was probably um, one of the coolest things that has ever happened to me. And to this day, I can't explain where he went. And I say he because you just get this feeling of I, I was, this feeling of something massive, just huge standing. Um, I don't really know how to explain it, but just something huge. And then it was just gone so okay
1: so did you tell i mean obviously you told your friend about this right mm-hmm. oh yeah so what what was uh what was her response
2: um i have now been tagged apparently um and i said well, um is that a good thing or a bad thing she said no it's not it's neither it's just you've been tagged they know that you're they know that you are you mean no harm um In Native American – in some Native American cultures, it's considered – if you know someone's name, that actually gives you power over them a little bit. Um, So by telling them your name, you are saying, I'm okay that you know who I am and you know how to find me and that kind of stuff. Um, Oh, so like you're you're seeding some – Some of your power, some of your power to them, right? Like, right, you, I'm giving you, I'm telling you that I'm okay with you being this close to me and and knowing who I am and that kind of stuff. Um, so I, you know, that's about the only thing I can think of. Um, but, but she and a couple other people said, Oh, yeah, you're, you're tagged now. Uh, they know you, and that seems to have just followed me.
1: So, do you, so do you think? I mean, and this is just pure speculation, but or do you feel that the that the second that they like that maybe this being was reading your mind, could read your thoughts, and as soon as it kind of sensed that you were at peace and not scared and and you know happy,
2: that it's like okay, I can take off yeah. now. I just want to make yeah. sure. I I definitely do. The mind reading thing—I don't really know. Um, I I will say this: I have never. If
1: your friend, if your friend can communicate with them, sure. You know, like that. Then why, why couldn't they possibly read your mind just because you can't read theirs?
2: Oh, absolutely. That's what I was going to say. I have never had one that I know of do the mind speak thing where they talk to me in my head. But I've only lived in this one head all of my life. I don't know what goes on in somebody else's head, so I can't tell you yes or no. But I do know, um, I, have, I have had people tell me that once you kind of get over the fear part um, and you're comfortable, then they are more comfortable with you. Now, how they know that, I don't know. It could be like a dog, you know, when a dog walks up to you and sniffs you, they instinctively know if if you are afraid of them or if you're a good person or what. So, yeah, I definitely there's something going on there. I can't explain it, but there is something definitely going on where, you know, again, once they see that you are over the fear issue, um, fear will make you do all kinds of crazy things. It will make you hurt things, hurt people. It will make you run into trees in the middle of the woods. Um, you know, you're, you're a little more unpredictable when you're fearful and flighty. But once you calm down, then you are more apt to be kind of in tune to things, I guess. And I don't want to sound too, too wiggy, but, um, I think there's a lot to that. I, I think they know somehow, um, you know, again, other animals have that sense. So why not them? Yeah. Except every dog on my mail
1: route, they cannot <laughs> sense that I'm not, you know, just to shush and go the other way. I'm not messing with them. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so, so you, so this happens and obviously it has to change your, I mean, I don't want to say it changed. I don't want to be so dramatic and say it changes your life, but in regards to this quest you're on, it has to really like, let you know that, okay, I I have everything I've been doing up till now
2: has been, I'm,
1: I'm on the right track.
2: I I will say – I guess you could consider it a a life-changing event um, because it made me – at that point, I realized, okay, yeah, there's definitely something here. I don't understand it. Um, I'm not so sure I need to fear it uh, as much as I did before. Um, I mean, I I don't know, but it just – I guess again it just kind of calmed me down a little bit now the woods are still creepy and um you know i would recommend that people go out in the woods that you um, don't just go wandering blindly because there are other things in the woods that would enjoy having you for supper that have nothing to do with bigfoot you know there's there's cougar mountain lions where we are here up in the north carolina mountains there's bear um so you you still need to be a little careful about things but I think if you go in um, respectfully, it's kind of the way I look at look at it now. It's actually in my logo. Uh, respect is key. Uh, if there's respect between us, there'll be no problems. Um, so because we're in their home, you know, if somebody just walked into your house that you didn't know, sat out on your couch, and you had no idea what they were about, you you get a little nervous. So I kind of look at it the same way. Uh, you know, I always try and be respectful. Um, I have, I have, to this day, anytime I'm out in the woods now, I just say hello. I don't know if anybody's listening. It doesn't really matter. At that point, it's just me in the woods. Uh, if nobody's there, I'm just talking to the air, so who cares?
1: Or like, right. there's a, or like there's a squirrel somewhere. It's
2: like, oh, geez, I thought I was nuts. Yeah, you this guy's yeah, yeah, guy Um But, you know, what does it hurt? It Really, what does it hurt? And no you're right you're right and I've actually had that I think pay off some then um, if nothing else um, there's kind of an old, old old adage if you're walking through the woods and you feel a little creepy you talk to yourself because just the sound of your voice calms you down you know there is at least that uh, so yeah I, I think I think there's something to that and again I can't explain it all that's why I'm still looking but um, that was definitely a definitive moment in my in my Bigfoot uh, activities, for sure.
1: So, so is there, so has anything come close to topping that or has there been other experiences that,
2: that, uh, you know, kept building upon that one? Well, yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I was just speaking at a conference here in South Carolina, um, in the upstate just a couple of weeks ago. And I've been there a couple of times. It's a really great festival. It's the, um, it's in, um, Westminster, South Carolina, and um, this this year the festival has grown so much they did so well that they were able to put speakers up in a uh, very nice house up in a small town, right on the edge of the mountains up in South Carolina, about ten minutes away from where the festival is. And I was there with uh, probably four or five of the other speakers, and we get up to this place and. Heck, it's, you know, it's dark and we're tired, but I walk outside and it's like, oh, heck, there's a trail that goes out in the woods. It's nighttime. I'm going for a walk. Anybody want to go? And this other fellow that I know behind me, uh, I've known him for a while. I hear him say, well, Terry's obviously crazy, but I'm going with him. And everybody else is <laughs> like, I'm not going out in the woods. No, no, no. We, we need night vision. We need all this. Like, no, you don't. Just go walk in the woods. You don't need all that stuff. Sometimes you just go sit in the woods. So. Two of us go walking down this trail, and the moon is probably let's see, it's about twelve thirty, quarter of one at this point. Um, the moon is just coming up, and it's another one of those nights where the the moon's filtering through the trees, but you can really just see like dark blacks and light blacks, a few little few in betweens. Um, but we're walking down this trail, and you can't trail dips. Down further from where we were, and you can't really see into the dip. Down we just kind of walked in and stopped a little bit, listening, see what went on. And we were standing there, and we we noticed a shadow down in the dip of the trail there. I leaned over to my buddy and said, uh
0: you see anything
2: down there at the end of the in the middle of that dip?" Uh, I think so. I can't tell but I don't think that shadow was there. Uh, We came in. Okay. Uh, Walk a little further. So we got a little further down. Off to the left of us by this large tree, um, we noticed the only way I can describe it is a pair of glowing eyes. And um, I leaned over to him. I said, uh, that tree about uh, 30 yards down there on the left. He said, yeah, I see them. Okay, I'm not crazy. I just wanted to make sure. I said, okay. Um, so we heard, at that point, we heard the dogs going off uh, probably about, oh, 30 miles away from us. This is a real rural area. Um, and the trail runs um, west to east from, from the house. So the... the we heard this pack of dogs way down um, at the far end of the trail to the west, just start raising sand and carrying on. And it's like, okay, well, I I know this pattern. Let's see what happens. He said. He said the same thing. So we're just standing in the woods. It gets on to be about 130. Then we hear a pack of dogs go off on the other end, way up to the east, above, way beyond the house we're staying in, and they're just going nuts. Uh, And dogs have different kinds of barks if you learn to listen to them. Uh, It started off with a, I don't know what you are bark, and ended up with a, you're not supposed to be here, and I'm going to come bite you bark. And then in between those, we heard, the only way I could describe it is if a woman screamed as loud as she possibly could for far longer than she possibly could with way larger lungs than she could possibly have, we heard that, Coming from the east where the dogs were still barking. And then we heard it a matching one coming from the west, and the dogs started barking again. So he and I both we looked at each other. We were standing here in the dark, we're grown men standing here in the dark, and we're just we're giggling like girls. It's like, oh whoa, I know what that is. I've heard that too. I know what that is, man. That's a squatch. Okay, this is cool. So we're standing there. The eyes are still there. Um and I was like, are oh, you, you good? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. Let's just hang on and see what happens. Um, so we're we're freaking out like, okay, you know, what do we do now? We're going to go back and tell these people at the festival that we had, we had Bigfoot activity at their house. They're going to look at us and go, yeah, sure you did. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so we stayed there a little longer, and the dogs kept barking back and forth, and eventually that settled down. Like, okay, well, we're done now. Okay, the eyes went away. The shadow went away. Like, okay, we're we're done. I've, I've seen this pattern before in other places. He agreed. So we went back, had a good night's sleep, went to the festival the next day, and had a great time uh, talking to all the people there. Went back the second night. The festival was over, but most of us were staying the second night so we could get up in the morning and, and you know, drive in. Didn't have to drive late at night. And I I looked at him, I said, dude, you up again. He's like, let's go. So we go walking down this trail again. And we it's about the same time of night. And we get to the spot where we were about 25 yards away from the tree where we saw the eyes on the side of the trail. And just kind of standing there and we hear the dogs go up. Same exact pattern. It's like, okay, here we go. This is gonna be interesting. Here we go. Let's see what happens. Um, saw the shadow at the end of the trail. We didn't see the eyes at this point again, but there was something over to the side where the tree was. You could just kind of, something was moving. Could have been a deer. I will say that for the record because there's lots of deer around there. Um, But I said, I'm going to, I'm going to walk a little farther down the trail. You up? Yeah, let's go. So we walk closer to this tree and we get way closer than we were before the other night. And you can call me crazy. I, uh, if I hadn't been there, I would call me crazy too. And I may be crazy, but I took the last step toward that tree and all of a sudden, starting in the middle of my chest, I got this feeling like electricity. Um, like if, you, if you're a kid just goofing around and you touch your tip of your tongue to a nine volt battery, you get a little kind of like a, a jazz shock there. That's what it felt like, and it fanned out through my entire body. I have never had anything happen like that ever before in my life. Uh, It's not what people report when they talk about being zapped, where you feel sick or scared or your head spins or something. It's just like I had – it's like my whole body was electrified. It It didn't hurt. It was just weird. Um, And – the guy that I know is still standing beside of me, and I said, okay, I've got something weird going on here. He said, electricity, and I thought, oh, this is interesting. So you're getting it too? He said, yeah, "Uh, yeah, I am. I said, okay, let's back up, see what happens. So we backed up, um, good many paces, and got back, and just like a switch, it stopped. I looked at him. I said, you okay? He said, it's gone. I said, me too. I said, okay. I'm gonna do an experiment. You stay here. And again, I'm just I just I'm talking to the dark. I just said, guys, um, just to make sure we don't mean any harm to you guys. I'm not gonna, we're not gonna do anything, but just to make sure we understood what that was, we, we think we were too close, and that was your way of telling us. My buddy's gonna stay here. I'm gonna walk up again. I'm not gonna come close enough to do anything. I just wanna see if this is telling us so when I get close if, if that's what you're telling us you do it again do what you just did walked up to the same spot that I was at immediately like a switch the electricity was there again I said okay I get it I'm backing up I said you I looked over my shoulder to the guy behind me I said you got anything he said "No." I said okay we're too close I'm backing up as soon as I got back to where he was it stopped just like a switch I have never had that happen in my life, uh, and again, I, I know that sounds crazy. Um, if if I wasn't there and had it happen, and I was telling me that, I wouldn't believe me either. But it happened, and I got absolutely no explanation. So,
1: so how long were the was the creature or creatures there?
2: You know, like how it's, long did they... It's hard to say. Um, and again, you its one of those things where it's—it's it's dark, so you can't really see. You can see a dark spot that wasn't there, um, that you don't think was there before. It's really hard to judge, and when stuff like that's going on, your your brain time kind of slows down. It sounds weird, um, but your brain's just racing. So, you know, you're again—it was like getting like the poker deal. Your brain's just running through all this stuff this is not supposed to be happening but yet it is so your brain is trying to figure out how to deal with it keep you freaking out so i would guess we were there probably uh when the one came up to the side of the trail we think um i would guess probably 20 minutes um just kind of hanging out and uh then the next night it was probably about the same thing uh and then when I walked up, uh, we had been there probably maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And, and I walked up, to, you know, we, we did our little experiment, and figured out what was, what was going on. Um, and then I walked back and, you know, the dogs were going back and forth again at that point. So, again, probably 20, 25 minutes on that one. So, so, do you, what, I
1: mean, what do you think? They were just.
2: Curious, I just to see what you guys were doing or or what. Yeah, um, and I I, I tell you, I I had to actually call my Native American friend on that one. I just said, uh, I got to talk to you. Uh, I I just want to make sure, you know, tell me what happened. And she said, Well, um, they were checking you out. Um, they wanted to, you know, you you did what you normally do. You were respectful. You you told them what you were there for, and what you weren't going to do, and They were just kind of checking you out to see what you were about, if you really were truthful. And she said, you did exactly the right thing. You stepped back. Um, So I think it was kind of a test, to be honest. Um, I want to go back up there at some other time and see what happens again. Um, We went walking on that trail. We got up the next morning, and I went out. Uh, It was Sunday morning, and I got up before everybody else and just wanted to go walk down to the end of it to see where it went. And there was nothing in the dip of the trail down there that would have accounted for any kind of a shadow. Um, there was just nothing. And same thing with the tree. We did find—I uh, say we—I I found, and then my buddy who was with me uh, took him back down in there. Um, we found what could have been another, like a bedding area or an area where something had been sitting by the tree where the eyes were the first night. Again, it could have been a deer. I don't know Um, but it was pretty pretty matted down and and you know something had been sitting there so uh just turns out that this this uh trail leads directly down to one of the major rivers in georgia we had no idea Uh, and that's apparently what they were doing is uh, one of the things i've learned uh, through different investigations is a lot of times they will wander at night when they're feeding, uh, kind of like gorillas do. And it takes a lot of food to, to feed an 800-pound giant whatever, so they kind of just wander over a range, and we were kind of in their range. <laughs> they were just checking us out. So, again, another another cool thing. Wow.
1: That is <laughs> –
2: yeah, I think um... –
1: I think it's interesting how much you've learned and how you like you said, you've kind of calmed yourself down and are able to evaluate the situation and, and just have a clear head about it because um I I don't know that a normal person would recognize something else is going on and that you know, with the like the electricity feeling and that they would back up out of there and you know kind of say okay should we not do this or not you know what i'm saying i think somebody else might just be like let's go well, well oh, number have. one number one you're assuming
2: i'm normal so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so thank you listen uh, listen i don't assume anything anybody's normal if they want to come on and <laughs> hang out with me for so i'm just gonna yeah.
2: put that out there but yeah i i truly do um now i'm not gonna lie it still gets creepy because you're out in the middle of the woods in the dark, and and like I said, there are other things out there other than Bigfoot. Um, so you you do need to be aware of your situation, and you kind of need to have a have a backup plan just in case. Um, but I'm I'm the more I do this, I don't think they mean to hurt us because uh, I've been close enough on on more than one occasion where if they'd wanted to do something, there was nothing I could have done. I wouldn't be here talking to you tonight. Um, I do think that a lot of these accounts that you hear um, when people say, oh, we were in the woods camping and Bigfoot came and screamed at us and scared us out of our camp and drove us out of the woods. I think that might have a little bit more to do with what we're doing than what they do, because if you, if you think about it, we're in their house. So um, mm-hmm. you know, if, somebody, if somebody shows up in your front yard that you don't know and just sets up a lawn chair and sits there, going to get a little freaked out you don't know what's going on um or is it that we got a little too close to the family um because a lot of people don't stop and think about this but if there's a mr bigfoot then there's probably a mrs bigfoot and that means there's little bigfoots um and there, you know there's not just one bigfoot like people used to think and he just roamed around all over the country there's there are a lot of places so maybe we got too close to the family, and they're trying to move us away. Uh, and the rock throwing and the screaming and all this stuff is to, to get us away from the family because they don't know who we are. They don't know what we're about. Now, do you really
1: – I mean, do you really believe that all of them
2: are benevolent and just nice and – and Well, uh, or do you having think- – s- Having said that, I will say this. Anybody can have a bad day, including Bigfoot. Um, So, yeah, it's again, it's like anything else. Um, I think that you, if you're in the woods and you turn a corner in the trail and there's a bear, you just walk up on a bear. Your first thought is usually not, hey, let's go pet the bear. He's so cute. At least I hope it's not. Um, I don't think, I think you should treat Bigfoot the same way. See what he's going to do. Give him the opportunity to leave. Just like most of the bears, if if you walk up on a black bear, most of the time they're going to leave. They don't want to be around us. Um, you know, we just surprise them. I think a lot of this stuff is we surprise the Bigfoot somehow or another. I don't know quite how. I, I don't understand all the all the inner workings of that. But. Um, you know, again, treat them the same way. You don't just walk up and, hey, bud, let's be friends um, because you don't know what's going on there. Um, You weren't invited to do that, so just kind of keep your distance and see what they do. Um, As far as other things, again, I think there are other things in the woods more than just Bigfoot, Um, and not all of them are friendly. Some of them have very sharp teeth and think we would taste good with ketchup, so just kind of you know you're in somebody's house use use a little caution use a little common sense and again if you get that feeling that you need to leave and you don't you're not supposed to be there turn around and leave don't second guess it just turn around and leave that's
1: probably probably really good advice on just about everything <laughs> you know I mean it's just probably a good rule of thumb for sure um so, so you have no plans on slowing down
2: then? No, I still honestly, uh, and people, my wife especially, um, asks me and yeah, I'm married to a wonderful woman. I, I, um, uh, I don't think she'll mind sharing, sharing with you. Um, uh, before we got married, um, and I, I saw that we were getting serious. So we were, we were out one night to dinner. Uh, we, yeah. Uh, Tell you something. I don't quite know how to tell you this, but you know, I think we're getting to the point where you need to know this. See the look on her face was just like, she's just like, tell hey, me what's going on. I, said, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm a Bigfoot investigator. And she said nothing. She froze for a second.
0: <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> I thought you
2: were going to be some kind of—you had some kind of criminal record, or you were on the run from the law, or you know, something. That's it. And so, so I'm I'm married to a wonderful woman, Um, but she asks me a lot of times, "Well, what are you? Where's this going?" And I ask myself that a lot. And truly, I want to see one. That's my next, my next really, kind of my my uh, next benchmark. Because um, that, that's one of the things when when I had the the tent po- or the treat the the tent poker in Georgia, that's one of the things I still kick myself for. What would have happened if I had just been in the right frame of mind? What would I have seen? But the more I thought about it, it kind of dawned on me. You know, I might not have been ready for that at that. point. That might have been too much. Uh, kind of take this in stages. So that's kind of my next um, my next on the wish list is I really would like to be um, I don't care about taking pictures. I don't care about, as I said, I don't need to be the guy on the cover of Time magazine that discovers Bigfoot. I, I could care less about that. I just want to know. And once I know, I, I may change what I do and how I do it. I don't really know. I, it's one of those things where it may lead into something else that I never thought about, because uh, there's you know, again there are other things going on in this world that that we really don't understand, and I think some of them are tied together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just I just don't know. I I have seen lights when I'm out squatching. Uh, I have had weird stuff happen. Um, I have seen a portal open and close. It took me probably. I was with a group of people. You could not see that with your naked eye. Uh, you could only see it on thermal. And um, I can't tell you where that is because that's kind of given my word to keep that one a secret. But uh, how, well, how, how? Okay. So how did you know that
1: was a portal opening and closing?
2: Well, it's the only way I can explain what it was. Um, it it's sort of, uh... I mean, nothing crawled through it. No, 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 no. Because no. right. that um, would be a clear,
1: be a really, uh, be a much clearer way. To we to actually, explain.
2: we actually found out that the group that uh, that we were with, they invited us down. Uh, me and some, uh, some other folks, uh, a couple of others that I had been going out hanging out with the Woods. We all knew each other. Um, we didn't know this at the time, but they invited us down to kind of be the control in an experiment. They have an area that this has been going on, and they've been doing research there for years. And they wanted somebody to come in who had not, who basically was not preloaded with any expectations to see what would happen. Um, they, as we found out later, actually had plans. They were going to try and walk into it. Uh, we didn't know anything about that, and
1: so. So when you say that, then it must happen on a regular
2: basis at the same spot? It, it tends to, um, not necessarily the exact same spot, uh, and this one moved. Um, we, were, we, were, we were in this field, and uh, we had three or four teams. <clears throat> um, I was in a team of four that was actually in this cleared field, and I had, <clears throat> I had no optics gear at all. I just was using eyeball mark one. And uh, the, guy that, the guy that I knew very well, uh, who was part of the group that I would go out with in the Iwari, had a, had a FLIR. And a couple other people had uh, night vision, other, other type, types of night vision. And we went down. One of the things I always try to do is when we know we're going into a research area, I always like to go walk it in the day. So I can look over and go, okay, that's a stump. That's a rock. And this is a really big push. So you get in your mind where things are because at night things look different. So I had been down the field uh, with my buddy and we walked it walked it off and had noted all the all the landmarks and everything. This is a pretty good size field. This is about a half football field. So we're in, on the team that's in the middle of the field. And they have another team that's up on a ridge that's kind of overwatch, and another team. At the other end of the field, so that everybody basically has eyes on on each other uh, all the time, and then they had a couple of other guys that were uh, just kind of roaming. Um, we all had radios, and we were in communication with each other. So we're sitting in the middle of this field. We had they had asked us to go somewhere else, and we had a um, had what we thought was a tree knock, but it turned out to be most likely a beaver. A tail slap of a fever coming from a marshy area that's right next to us. But we called it on the radio and said, "Okay, yeah, guys, this is this is uh, Team One. We're gonna we're gonna hold here if that's okay. We just we want to investigate what this is. And yeah, you know, can you give us a minute?" And I said, "Sure, no problem." So while we were there, we you know we listened and nothing else happened. And then. We called back in and said, well, we're already in place. We're close to where you wanted us to be. Can we hang out here? Said, sure, no problem. You guys do that. Just note it. If you move, tell us. So I'm sitting there, and we're all sitting with our backs to each other. There's four of us. And my buddy um, from the North Carolina mountains is sitting on one side of me, and I hear him say, what is that square thing out there? And it didn't really dawn on me what he was talking about. He's looking through his square. His and I hear him say it again, what is that square thing? And it dawns on me, we were down here this morning. There is no square thing where he's looking. So I kind of lean back over to him and say, what you got? He said, I don't know. But there is something that's quite hot in the middle of this field. It's square and it's getting bigger. And at that point, um, the other people that were with us that had night vision turned turned it where he was looking, they saw it as well. Now, I, I'm looking through my eyes, normal eyeballs. I can't see anything in visible light, but they can see it. I lean over, and there it is on the FLIR on the right there. It's getting bigger. And so we called it in, and they said, okay, then so we where you are, and let us know what happens. Um, and we're, we're coming down. So the guys up on the ridge, Came down and we're they said, okay, walk us into it. It's like, what? Walk us into it. Okay, because they couldn't see it either. Said, okay, well, um, turn to your left about 20 degrees, walk forward, okay, stop, do this. And as they got closer to it, it started collapsing and it disappeared. And then it reappeared on the other side of the field away from them. Said, okay, guys, uh, it's gone, but it's behind you now. It's getting bigger. Okay, well, uh, you walk us in on it. Yeah, okay. So we walked in again. Same thing happened, it closed down and disappeared. Um now, before that incident, I, I try to keep an open mind. So I, I really, you know, I don't like snicker at people. Uh because, like with the mind speak thing, how do I know what happens in your head? I've only lived in this head all. Um, and in this, in this field, you kind of, it's, it's best to keep an open mind, be skeptical, but keep an open mind. So, um, I, I'm like, no, this is, this is another one. This is not happening. Only thing I can think of is portal. And before that night, if you had mentioned portal to me, I'd have probably just looked at you and gone, oh, aren't you sweet? Yeah. Portal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that one took me four days to figure out how to tell my wife what I had seen. Um, and I still, to this day, I, I got nothing. Um, but it's, it's documented, um, there's a record of it. And the only way I can explain it, it it's like what you hear people talking about with a portal it just fades in and fades out, and you could not see it with your naked eye.
1: So the people that had you guys come out there, so they've been witness. they've been witness
2: to this then numerous times. Yeah. And we, we found out when we got back to base camp and did our debrief, um, that they, they, they knew, but they wanted somebody who had not been preloaded with anything to just come in and, and, uh, basically verify, uh, this is what we saw we had no expectations of anything. You guys, we thought we were coming for Bigfoot. You know, we had no idea if we were coming for portals, and other stuff. So, um, so yeah. how long have they, how long have they been witnessing this? Uh, this has been going on for quite some time. Um, there's actually a book. Um, if, if you, if I can tell you the name of the book, if you want to go, uh, I, I don't want to like step on any toes or anything, but I, they don't mind. Uh, the, the book is called um, The Meadow Project. It's actually on Amazon, and the names and locations have been changed to protect the guilty, so you won't find out where it is. But it yeah. documents all their research there. Um, I am the Terry W. in that book. And so it's called, the me met, you know. it's called The Meadow, as in Meadow? I mean Meadow Project. Okay. You can go look on Amazon. Now, I make no money for this. I just, I'm just. It's an interesting read, and half stuff in there. Had I not seen it, I wouldn't have believed it myself. So now, is the Bigfoot activity going on out there? Then this is basically the Skinwalker Ranch of the East Coast. Really, That's okay. It, the way I know to describe it, um, you name it, it's there. Um, we were. There's a chapter in there about us being up on a ridge one night. Uh, again, I was in my little tent and um, had some weird, really weird stuff happen. I uh, had something that I thought was somebody get out of their tent in the night, uh, maybe answering the call of nature and had their headlight, headlamp on and flashlight flashing it around. And I went back to sleep, thought nothing of it, didn't say anything, got back to base camp and talking about it. Nobody was out of their tent. Um, that could have been any number of things. And we found out that, uh, one of the, the guy that I went down there with said, um, yeah, I didn't really know exactly how to say this, but before I went to sleep, um, we were up on a Ridge, the side of one side of the Ridge was, a was a small meadow that we had gone up to research just to see if it was a, something that we could, they wanted to go investigate it. They hadn't been there. Before. Um, on the other side of this ridge was a drop-off, and you could see through the trees, uh, oh gosh, you could see the next mountain. I mean, it was clear, beautiful night, clear night. He said, uh, I was laying in my hammock, and before I went to bed, I saw three red lights coming this way and um, just thought they were airplanes and went to sleep, which is really kind of odd for somebody who is an investigator. Uh, you know, again you don't want to read stuff into things not everything in the woods is Bigfoot not every light in the sky is a UFO but for him to just say yeah I just went to sleep that was really out of character so all kinds of crazy stuff going on there and it's again this is one of those things had I not been there and experienced it I wouldn't believe me either.
1: wow That sounds like something that uh maybe I better get this book and read it and then we better talk to the to the guy who wrote it. He uh
2: he would he would probably be happy to talk to you, to be honest. Um he's a good guy. Um this it's it's ongoing research. Um they will it's it's something that they will discuss, but you're just not gonna find out, you know, no no real names and no well, even real names it's not a big deal because we've all all different information at the of the book, but um you know i'm sure he would he would probably be interested in
1: it. i will definitely uh we'll definitely have to talk about that off the air <laughs> for sure right. so so, but uh but uh okay well uh do you want to do you want to talk about where you're going to be, be at here in a couple of weeks
2: um, I can. Um, I'm actually, uh, so I just got done speaking at the uh, South Carolina Bigfoot Festival in Westminster, South Carolina, which was a blast. Um, I've been there pretty much every year since they've had it, and that's one of my, probably my favorite f- festival anywhere. It's just a lot of fun. There's another small one um, up in North Carolina. It's near the city of Sanford, North Carolina, in a little town called Cumnock, North Carolina. Um, That was one of the first ones that I spoke at. It's a small place. It's a small small festival, Um, but I'll be speaking there. uh, I don't know what time. Uh, The the schedule is still kind of up in the air, Um, but it will be uh, Saturday, November 12th. Uh, The festival starts. um, Well, it's all day, actually. And there's a, there's a wonderful little park right down the, uh, right down the road from where they're, they're going to have the speakers will be in the fire department. You know, it's a very rural community, but they have a ton of Bigfoot activity. Um, there's a, an old bridge that uh, was part of the highway at one time, but has been bypassed. So the trestle is just there now. It goes over uh, the river right down there. And they have reports all the time and so stuff. It's, uh, it's an interesting place. Well, cool. Terry, I appreciate
1: I, I appreciate your passion. I appreciate you coming on and sharing these uh, you know some of these experiences you've had and 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 kind of introducing me to something new, the Meadow project. I mean that's that's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. and i I just for the record, I wouldn't want to know where that's at because I wouldn't want to. Uh, I have no interest in going and seeing a portal for myself.
2: It's, I'll take a, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> it's it's a freaky it. thing. I will tell you that uh, it kind of um, changed my my uh, view on things as well. Yeah, and I, you know, we've had guests on that have
1: had experiences and uh, done investigations at the Skinwalker Ranch, and it just that stuff is. You just wonder, is that where Bigfoot and some of these other cryptids come from? Are they coming from another dimension through portals like that um, and just traveling back and forth? I mean, it's it's an interesting uh, idea for sure, too. Uh, it, it,
2: it is. And I, I truly again, that's one of those things where I just got to look at you and go, I got nothing. I uh, <laughs> just got nothing. Um, you know, the Native Americans will tell you that Bigfoot um Bigfoot is a flesh and blood creature, but he's also part of the spirit world. And he has one foot in our world and one foot in the spirit world. So who knows At this point? That's kind of what I'm trying to do is just, I just want to learn what's going on. Now, um, is there any
1: truth to the rumor that if somebody hears this podcast and goes downtown Rock Hill to your, Wife's uh, store, the overhead station, and mentions the word Bigfoot at checkout, that they can get
2: a 20% discount. <laughs> um, they'll probably get what I call the look from my wife. Um, <laughs>
1: But yeah, sure we can we can work something. On it. <laughs> well, I just want somebody to go and, and and just have her say, "Are you kidding me? Seriously, who put you up to this?" <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Yeah, just like I said, be be prepared for the look. And for and for anybody that uh, is wondering, I, I have been to the store in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and it is great. It is really a cool little gift shop. Well, thank so you. I, I would I, w- I would definitely recommend anybody. Number one it was we've discussed and we both know rock Hill's is a really cool town not just because there's bigfoot you know you could go find some uh you know some bigfoot evidence or uh, investigation worthy places very nearby you know but the but it's a really cool town the downtown's really cool it's it's worth uh you know worth going and checking out and of course like i said your wife's uh, shop downtown is uh, is a cool little place so well, but well, uh, I appreciate that so I, I appreciate you coming on uh it it's Terry of the Rock Hill big of Rock Hill Bigfoot that's the official you can find him on Instagram go follow him on Instagram and uh, see what he's uh, see what he's always up to so. and I will
2: tell you there's there's not a lot there right now for content I just kind of have a place to I've got tons of stuff uh, but I'm always doing something, and it's just hard to edit. You know, it's hard to decide: do I go camp or do I edit? So, just uh... <laughs> we'll, well, go.
1: Hey, everybody, go follow him on Instagram. Put the pressure on him and start putting some more stuff up. There you go. How about that? That that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> uh, well, Terry, thank you so much. And look, I'm looking forward to getting down there to Rock Hill, grabbing a cup of coffee with you, and. I'm not promising that I'm going to let you drag me out to go squatching, but who knows? You never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> so, so, all right. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on and sharing uh, sharing your experiences with us. Be, be safe. Be safe
2: out there. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows we are out